It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. Good. Now it's recording. So, Krista, how, yeah. who are we talking to tonight? We are talking to... This is the worst possible hair style for me. I can't even get the, this may not be on the right way. It's weirdly you and not you at the same time. I'm not sure how that's working, but yeah. It is. No, I, I firmly agree with that statement. Um, yeah. I support that. So Mandy Bruno Bogue is coming on tonight. She's a girlfriend of mine from Otterbein. Okay. Yeah. Otterbein. Imagine that. Right? <laughs> So you're saying I shouldn't wear this the whole time? I could no, put the mask fine. as well. <laughs> People are like, hello, I am the mystery guest, mystery host of the show. <laughs> so if yeah. I put the, the mask on and then put the mask on, so we've got... <laughs> <laughs> you're like anonymous at that point. Yeah, perfect. And then we've got, I mean... <coughs> a candle. That's a great... That's that's some added like lighting flare that you're adding there. So Put it like <laughs> just the single candle. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Why does it take a global pandemic to do these things? I know. Like, it's talk to people. <laughs> In the same sense, it's awesome. You know, because we I have not I can't even remember the last time I saw you. I mean, it had to have been after like when I graduated least yeah yeah so let's not talk about how many years it actually is in a few minutes right right it's fine <laughs> yikes oh my gosh how are you i i'm good okay i'm good yeah, yeah. good it's a crazy <laughs> time but it's actually really amazing at the same time and i don't like i'm not putting lightly what's going on in the world mm -hmm. But as a family cohesive unit, Rob and I work so much. We've never had this kind of time and we're not taking that for granted. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. he, he's working at home, obviously, too. Yeah, well, no one's doing anything right now. So. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Okay. Did he have stuff lined up? He's been doing Chicago Fire. And okay. they are on hiatus at least until they're saying October and November. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I don't know what it's going to look like once everything comes back. So have they given any updates or anything? I know they can't right now, but. Not a whole lot because no one really knows what's going on or how much longer. I mean, there's all these things that come out that are, Okay, if and when we come back, we're probably going to have to cut the cast sizes down. We'll probably, they're talking about quarantine casts and hotels. Yeah. Um, trying to keep people, that, you know, so they know they don't have exposure. You'll bus back and forth to set. They'll, you know, uh, you'll be receiving box lunches instead of the open affairs. It's, it's that kind of stuff right now. Um, but on the other side of that, everything that either one of us are even auditioning for now is like, 
do you have all this equipment so that you can shoot this commercial from home? And by the way, I know you're just an actor, but can you literally make a movie <laughs> on your iPhone? <laughs> sure. Which is a part of the business I like humbly bow down to and respect and always have and still know that I have no business doing it. Well, I mean, it's part of why we go into the aspect of the craft that we do, knowing that we probably can't do another aspect at all. Right, right, right. Yeah. and I, that, yeah, that's, those are things that I'm not good at. <laughs> Note the beginning of this when I was sideways. We should have left it for at least a little while. Did we get any of Mandy sideways, Ben? No, unfortunately <laughs> we did not. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Maybe at the end we'll have you turn to the side just just, just so we can capture. Yeah, and I mean if you if it makes you feel better, we could like turn our <laughs> like there we go. See, we'll all just we'll take care of it. One person upside down, one person sideways, yeah. one person the other way, one person facing like the wrong direction. Yeah. This makes it interesting. Right. So ma'am did Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's it's so wonderful to have you here. This like we joked about, I mean, it takes a freaking pandemic to reconnect with somebody. And I mean, we've had Facebook over the years, but you and it's, I met literally it's at least 21 years ago at this point. <laughs> so Yeah. That's possible. I know. I mean, especially because we're only 26. So when we started college at age five, it was... Oh, we were so smart. We were so ahead of our years. Yeah. And, and you're a couple years younger than me. So you started at age three. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Two and a half. Two and a half. Three. Oh, yeah. yeah. The prodigy. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Wunderkind, I think is the word. Wunderkind. <laughs> yeah. <wohl. laughs> yes. So Mandy, you are, a, you're, you're not from Ohio. You're, you were born in Texas. Yeah. Is that right? I was actually born in Arizona. In Arizona, okay. Yeah. Then my family moved to Oregon, and then I headed out to Ohio, where dreams come true. <laughs> I would show you the weather right now. There is no good dream happening. It's we've had tornado warnings since like five. And yeah. Oh no! Yeah, the locusts are coming. I think so. That should on top of the bees now locusts. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I saw a meme today where there were like shark fins in a hay field, and I figured that was probably on point. Yeah, that'll be that'll be by at least September. I mean, we've got to. Um, yeah, well, the, the hay's got to get it. high enough, and then it's got to be yeah. you know so that the sharks can swim through it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. So you grew up in Arizona. Did you do theater like from the womb? <laughs> <laughs> almost <laughs> almost um i i was a very shy child that hid behind her mother's legs Aww. um even around my own family huh. and um it it really bothered my family <laughs> that i did that and so they started me i think i was five or six um when i took my first acting class i I started to dance at two. I don't even know how that's possible, but so the story goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I did my first my first play when I was like five, I think. And um, the only reason I did it was because I really wanted this Barbie dream house. And I was promised at the culmination of the production that I would get the Barbie dream house 
if I did the show. So that was the only, that was the only reason I did it. And I, so I did it and I got the Barbie dream house. I was going to make sure that you did, because that would have been a devastating, you probably wouldn't have done this career had you not gotten the dream house. It's true. It's true. And I think, I think all along the journey, I give myself little Barbie dream houses. <laughs> just different sizes. And just different sizes. Cool. Uh, <laughs> just little, little things. No. Um, so, no, I did it and I absolutely fell in love with it. And then they couldn't get me to not hide and not talk and not always want to be on the stage. I thought it was fantastic. What was the, what was the first play? Um, it was a production called Broadway by the Decade. Okay. And this was many decades ago. <laughs> what did you do in it? Did you sing or dance or? We, I did. I, there, we did, it was like literally took Broadway decade by decade. Um, and we, we did like these little monologues in between every decade. And I remember I had, I did have one monologue that I was terrified of doing um center stage spotlight hits and i would literally shake <laughs> i was shaking so hard and i still remember that feeling um yeah so i started i started a wonderful wonderful community theater called theater works in phoenix arizona and they are still alive today which is awesome yeah awesome it was actually an old converted barn <laughs> when i was there they now have this gorgeous place um but yeah, that's, that's where it all started. And I just, I was in hook, line and sinker. That's all I wanted to do. Wow. Did you go to like a performing arts high school or? I didn't go to a performing arts high school. However, the high school that I went to had a phenomenal performing arts program. We, um, when I went there, we were gifted a state-of-the-art facility by Penny Moyer, Phil Knight of Nike's uh, wife. She funded uh, the, the Penny Moyer Theater, and we had a stunning place. When Verilites came out, we were one of the first places to have them. When we did The Music Man, there were two horses and the Wells Fargo wagon. I oh my gosh was incredibly, in fact, Otterbein, our alma mater, <laughs> ended up borrowing some of our stuff from that production. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. But, um, so I was very fortunate and Jeff Hall was the, and Elaine Closer were the directors there and they really, I, I couldn't, I, I can't imagine having gone anywhere else and gotten the kind of training even just at, I went to a Jesuit high school. Jesuit oh, okay. um, and had that same opportunity it was they were they were phenomenal yeah it was very yeah so this this still boggles my mind of how in the world did you hear about Otterbein <laughs> so originally I went to Loyola Chicago my freshman year okay Jesuit to Jesuit yeah. did that and um they did not have a musical theater program so i uh was taking all of my music courses and dance courses outside of the college um which was getting to be ridiculous trying to balance all of that so i decided i wanted a, i wanted to have a musical theater program and i remember 
at that, and I don't know if they still do it or not. I think they still do it. They would like remember the, the colleges would like tour around to different places. Yeah, like the Unifieds and, and things yeah. Like so it was the Unifieds in Chicago. So um, I went to that and I auditioned for Michigan and Cincinnati Conservative Music and all these really big places that I had heard about and knew a lot about. And I was actually on my way out and I heard these kids rehearsing in a hallway and I thought they are really really good who are they auditioning for like it must be somewhere really cool so I walk over and I like see the little placard on the door and I'm like Otterbein what is what's an Otterbein I don't even know what that is I don't know where it is um and John Stefano came out and said uh he was calling the next person to come in the room for their audition i was like excuse me um i'd really like to audition for your school and he was like well did you register with us do you have enough time i was like no <laughs> i don't and he was like well if you want to sit here until we're done if we have enough time we'll see you and i was seriously so blown away by the kids auditioning for this program i'm like i'm staying this school's got to be something yeah. So I stayed, went in, had my audition. Um, and when they, when my audition was over, they were like, do you have any questions? I was like, yes. Where are you located? <laughs> it's a good question. I think it's valid. <laughs> Which was valid at the time. Um, so they, like, they were laughing at me for not knowing literally even what I was auditioning for. And they like got out a map in the Ohio and pointed to where it was. <laughs> And actually, my father and his entire family is from Cincinnati. Okay. So Ohio wasn't too foreign to me. Right, right. So I was like, all right, that's like a drive to some family. I can do this. And I fell in love with everyone in that room. I fell in love with Stella and John. And I just, the energy I got from them was so tremendous. When they invited me to be a part of the program, I was like, that's it. That's where I'm going. That's awesome. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, it's been a couple of years, but. <laughs> completely, completely what a random thing to have happened. But that's, that's how it went down. And yeah. I'm so glad that I got to go there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you guys, you guys had such a phenomenal class that came through. Um, Our class was awesome. I was two years ahead of you, but not in the BFA. So I got to kind of connect with some of you guys more on like the workshop level and yeah. some of those other directing levels type things. So that was, that was what I always liked is getting to know you guys in a different way other than just as performance. That's what I loved. And I, you know, every program has their own unique thing, but that's what was so, that's what I loved so much about Otterbein was mm -hmm. how the students got to work together and all the student directed things and just all the opportunity. If you weren't in one show, there were 95 other projects going on that you could get involved in. And if you couldn't find one that was being done, you could suggest one and they would right. probably help you get it started. Um, right. and I, I think that, that that is one consistent thing that I've seen from all of us alumni is that like kind of the self-start sensation. Because um, a lot of us kind of had to make our own way. I mean, it wasn't- A hundred percent. Yeah. So it was, okay, so what other innovative means can I do to get work? So- And I really, I, I am, I humbly, am grateful to the complete well-roundedness that we got there because yeah. there's never been at, at, at my 
I've jumped around into so many different things mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful to have had literally every piece of that education there. It's led to that. It's led to us being able to create our own paths and our own journeys at any given time right. from, oh, I don't have a lighting designer. Good thing I took that, that tech class. Good thing they made me do the wheel. And it's like, all of a sudden I'm going, oh yeah, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I can do this. It was in, it was in the lighting and you're right. So, I mean, just if people probably don't know that as, as theater majors, they force you to take all of the tech, all of the, um, the backstage, and then you have to work a production within that, that level. So, um, I, I will never forget when I learned how afraid of heights I really am. And that was during lighting when they said, Hey, we're going to take you up into the grid. So you climb up. I don't remember how tall it was. A couple of stories. ridiculously scary high. Yeah, That's what I remember. Stupid high. And so there's like four of us and it's first quarter freshman year. So I don't really know anybody. And you have to climb this ladder that goes all the way up. And then it, there's like the cage behind it. If you get tired and need to take a break, that in itself should be. And then we go up and at the top, it's like these planks that you have to walk on. And then every 12 feet or so, there's a foot space you have to step over. So God bless him. I can't remember his name, but one of the tech guys, I literally had a panic attack up there. Um, oh. So God bless him. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. He holds my hands the entire time. I'm like, I am never going up there ever again. It was terrible. That was, that was definitely my least favorite aspect of all of the tech. He went home that night and was like, guys, I met this girl and she held my hand. I, I think she's really into me. Oh my gosh. No, I think he could tell by my breathing that it was a little bit of a different sensation. <laughs> she breathed really weird, but it seemed okay. <laughs> Goodness. So you were BFA musical theater. Yes. Did you end up going, I lost track of a lot of people because I moved to Kentucky right after I graduated. Um, did you move during internship? Did you do the internship in New York? I did the internship in New York and then I came back and we were, um, because we had the student showcase. Okay. So I, we were only back for a couple weeks and we came out and did the student showcase. And while I was doing the student showcase, I got some calls to go meet some agents and, um, Guiding Light had uh, one of their casting directors, uh, actually one of the assistants had come and said, uh, you know, asked me to come in to meet the actual head of casting for Guiding Light, the soap opera on CBS. And so I went over and met them and they were like, well, we didn't get a chance to see you audition. So could, you know, go, if you want to go look at these sides for a minute and come back in and read those. Yeah. So I did, came back in and read, and he was like, that was great. Can you hold on just a second? I was like, yeah, no problem. So he comes back in. He's like, this is Ellen Wheeler, our executive producer. Could you do that scene for me one more time? I'm thinking this is awesome, like TV. I'm going to be like in a mall, like getting a lemonade on a soap opera. How cool. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, so I did my scene again. Um, and they thanked me for coming and I left and was just excited to, I felt 
good about the experience. Um, it turns out that they had pulled a scene from one of the characters um, that was currently on the show and that they had actually been recording that day. And she had just recently been let go and they were gonna, I think they were going, their plan was to discontinue the character. Um, but I got a call about an hour and a half after I left that said, do you have an agent? And I said, no, I'm just here on showcase. And they <laughs> said, here's the phone number of an agent. You need to call them. We're going to call them too. Wow. I said, okay. Um, and within 24 years, within 24 hours, I had a three year contract on the show playing that role. It's oh my gosh. crazy. <laughs> like, did you, did you even watch soap operas? Were you a soap opera person? No. Not at all, except that yes, okay. no, and yes, yes, because my roommates were awesome, and we used to sit around in college, and we might, oh, we were definitely of age drinking, oh, yes, but, um, of course, but we love to play the game, mute the soap opera, and come up with your own lines. <laughs> <laughs> Only actors would get drunk and do improv with soap operas. With soap operas? Who does this? Only, Only actors. Only actors. Yep. And that was the actual limitation to any soap opera viewing I had ever done. Did, did your parents, did your mom watch them growing up or anything? My mom did. My okay. mom did. And that's, I think, why she ended up marrying my father. She was an avid Days of Our Lives fan. And she used to get my dad to go to her lecture uh, courses for her and take notes so that she could stay home and watch. That's love. Mom, you've been sold out. I totally just sold Sorry. her out. Sorry, Mom. But it's dual. That's what we used to call it. I, I had a couple girlfriends in high school when they were able to get out of school a little bit early, like senior year, and they would watch Days of Our Lives. That seemed to be yeah. a big. My mom watched General. A, yeah, those were big ones. Yeah, those were big ones. And I think I got into uh, The Young and the Restless for a while because I must have flipped on it, and some dude on there was super hot, and so it really was. That was the only reason I watched it. I don't dude, remember. They are hot. That's why I married one. You did. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear the story. So you start on you start on the so like how quickly after you got cast did you get started on filming? A week later. Oh my gosh. So I did. I went back to Ohio, um, and literally packed everything I could and hightailed it back to New York and. God bless my mother who flew out and helped me get an apartment in a week. Oh and we're pushing grocery carts from Best Buy with like TVs down the street. It was nuts. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, within a week started. And then that, that was, I had never, I had missed Ed Dixon's TV and film class. So it was the one course I still had yet to take. And here I am working on TV, not knowing anything. Like they'd be like, and we're going to lower the boom. And I'd be like, oh, what's that? Did I put a helmet on? Yeah. Is it dangerous? <laughs> contract to get hurt. So I learned a lot really fast on the spot. Because wow. TV acting is so different than stage acting. It really, really is. Yeah. 
did, were you given a lot at the at the start of like that's too that's too stagey come back and make it more for tv kind of thing they they really picked up on my story my my character was part of one of the main families on the show so i i i was in there full steam ahead from the get-go and it was it was a crazy time soap operas work really quickly um you tape an episode usually a day and so i you get your scripts in your mailbox for the next day and it's 150 200 250 pages and you go home that night and you memorize it and you come back the next day and you do it and that's day after day the oh, turnaround is crazy. Yeah. Were there days, though, that, I mean, I'm sure a couple days, like, your character didn't show up in one? Yeah, and, and you would. You, you could have days off. Sometimes your episode, you might be shooting several episodes at a time across a week, though. So it just kind of depends on how big your storyline is at the moment. Um, I, I will give it take this opportunity. I know soaps sometimes get a little bit of a negative connotation. Actors on soap operas work their behinds off. No, not any network television show works at the same speed or film. They take weeks to shoot little pieces at a time. And film, as we know, takes months to film these little scenes. The turnaround, the, the, work that an actor has to do on a soap opera I, I said it set me up for life it was the best training i could ever have to have it to get your brain to have to memorize things and be able to turn stories and and character plots that quickly was yeah. tremendous so high props to the soap actors that are still out there it's a dying it's like i hope i'm gonna say it's, it seems to be a dying art form unfortunately um but for those that are still hanging in there it's it's a lot of work so bless all of them like the writers and editors too i mean that's spitting stuff out crazy crazy how quickly and we were getting rewrite i mean i'd be in the sometimes i'd be in the middle of a scene we did the first two takes and then i've got someone running onto set handing me new copy going all right uh the next take i want you to try this instead i, I remember one of the first times it happened to me it was actually i was uh, shooting a scene with uh, Scott Bailey and we were in a jail cell and it's really this dramatic scene of course we were in a jail cell right. soap opera, of course <laughs> and um, I remember the director at one point was like something's just not right um, why don't you guys just try switching lines and my heart sank and I was like oh man <laughs> okay can I have like two oh, minutes <laughs> my gosh so you were I mean, immediately employed then. And so then this, this dude comes along, right? Like, when did, when did that happen? <laughs> that dude. We played police partners on the show. Um, and so we, we became, our, our characters were best friends on the show. Mm -hmm. And we became best friends in real life. And I used to go, I used to, be, uh, at the time he was married, and I babysat when they wanted to go out and I exhausted him with boy troubles and dating advice questions. <laughs> and that's really how we started. Um, ultimately our lives ended up, we, we were both on the show for a number of years. So things happen in life um, and 
his marriage ended up dissolving and uh, I tried to be a good friend to him during that. Um, and it was a, it was a year or so after that we were, we were out for my birthday with a bunch of friends and we have different versions of the story. Is he going to want to tell his too? <laughs> it's so not true. Um, he'll say I just jumped all over him. But basically what happened is we kind of just both sat there looking at each other going, so what are we going to do about this? Yeah. And he was like, do about what? And I was like, Rob, <laughs> it's been That's six sad. years of <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. And um, that they say the rest is history. Right. Um, so we, yeah, that friendship just, just turned into, just turned into love. Didn't, did we write that in the show? I mean, didn't, didn't that relationship even in the show become a romantic thing? Well, it did. And actually what's funny is that ours started um, a little bit before it did for our characters on the show. And we didn't want to cause any waves. It's, it's different. Yeah, you know, when you're working together like this, we just we wanted everything to be very professional. So we didn't tell anyone we were dating at all. Yeah, and um, we'd actually we'd we'd come to work and leave work like out different doors, and we were we were hiding. I'm sure if anything, people were like, "What's wrong with them? They're best friends. They usually go everywhere together." Right. <laughs> and now they're leaving different doors, um, but. Uh, I think it was, it was like a couple months into us being together on the show. And they were like, you guys are awfully comfortable in some of these scenes together. And we're like, yeah. Mm, <laughs> it's just very method. We're just method. It's fine. Yeah. So. That's amazing. So that, yeah. So it was, I mean, it's been funny. I, I, we laugh, like even on our wedding day, my mom's like, oh, are you nervous? And I was like, no, I've married him like four times. <laughs> it's good practice, right? We'd, we'd, we'd gotten married and divorced like four times on the show, had kids, eh. we've been through it. <laughs> we've already done this life, been there. So how long then, did, how long was your run on the show? Um, just over seven years. Okay. Was it, did you both have the same run? He actually was hired on a couple months after me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then did you guys leave together or was it? We did. Um, he, the show ended. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. We went off the air. Rob likes to say that he's the one, he, I think he was one of our last hires. And so he's like, I'm the one that drove us off the air. No, not true. False. <laughs> Um, unfortunately we were the first soap opera to get hit Wow! and, um, we were actually told on April fool's day, which was the weirdest thing because everyone kept walking around going, are they, are they telling the truth? Like what's going on? Um, and so they, they wrapped up our storylines. They decided to give the audience what they had wanted. So it was all of a sudden, all these people that were in relationships quickly got out of them and back with like their original couple person. Yeah. Um, so that Rob and I left the show going, well, forget this. Our storyline didn't end the way we wanted it to. So we're going to get married and run around. There you go. That's why, that's why we did it. That works out. Oh my God. We didn't like it. <laughs>
rewrite, rewrite. So what did you do after that then? Um, so, well, kind of during that, I um, continued to do theater mm -hmm. and um, got to be Eponine and Les Mis, which was my ultimate dream, which is its own story. Because when I was in college, uh, Les Mis closed on Broadway and I went to John Stefano, the head of the department, and I was like, I think I should switch my major. And he's like, why? And I said, because I've, I saw Eponine or Les Mis was the first show I ever saw coming through in a tour. And I said, um, if it's the only role I've ever wanted to play and now it's off Broadway. So I think I'm going to go into education. <laughs> and he's like, basically child. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like, it'll come back. Go. Yeah. So, um, it was a serious conversation. I'm sure he, if he sees this, he will remember that. He actually had to convince me to stay in the department because I was like, that's all I want to do is play Eponine and Les Mis. That's it. Um, so when the day came, that was amazing. That I thank you, John, for making me hang in there. I got to play my, my dream role. And that did that happen simultaneously with the soap then? It did. So I would, they made an agreement. Um, the Broadway house and our, my guiding light CBS, they made agreements on what times I would be able to get released every night. So I could make it to the theater with about 40 minutes to get into hair and makeup and get ready. I do the show. That show is eight years long. Yeah. Yep. We'd get out at like 11, 1130. I'd go home, must stay up till two, three, memorizing my script for the next day, be on set between six and seven and do it again. And I was in the middle of a huge storyline on Guiding Light right then. So it was literally just daily. It was nuts. That's crazy. It was crazy, but it's, the blessing. Like it's absolute dream, but. Oh, I, yes, I am. I am eternally grateful. I, I have had some amazing opportunities, amazing opportunities. Oh, so cool. How long did you do Les Mis then? Um, I did it for, I want to say six months. Um, I, my storyline ended up picking up again, really heavy and I couldn't juggle yeah. it anymore. It was the days and the nights were running into each other and three hours of sleep was not working. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, um, so that ended, um, after Guiding Light went off the air, um, I got to do Gypsy with Patti Lapone, which was amazing. Gosh. Um, and uh, can just, yeah, continue to do theater. And then we decided to start a family. And I had my son. And then um, we actually decided to move out of New York and move to Pennsylvania where I knew how to raise a child because I didn't know how to do it in New York. That's a lot. It's a whole different ball game. I'm like, they, he would like lick store doors <laughs> and he'd like touch things on the playground and I couldn't, I, that's not how I was raised. You know, yeah. I, I was raised where you could lick the grass and that was cool. Yeah. Um, so once we moved out to Pennsylvania, um, I kind of slowed down a little bit and found that I really liked being mom <laughs> a lot, yeah. um, more than I'm going here, I'm going there. 
and that hectic world. Um, and so I, I got to be mom for a while. And then I, uh, as we all do as artists, I got a little bored. <laughs> and Rob was like, you love teaching. And it was something that I had been doing intermittently all along, um, especially yeah. with kids. I did a lot of um, training with um, young kids and teenagers um, getting them ready for their auditions. I would guest teach, um, a lot at a lot of different places, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. And he's like, why don't you just go teach a class? Mm -hmm. Um, so I found a theater company to do that with, and, um, one class turned into, um, three and a half years. <laughs> and I loved every second of it. Like, more than when I was the one doing the acting. There's just, and you, this is like, you know. I do, completely. There's something so incredibly magical. And um, it was the greatest thing I'd ever done. It was the greatest thing I ever done. And, and then I never wanted to stop. Yeah. Ever. You know, it's funny, I actually, I just had a meeting this morning with um, our executive director of, of the theater company that I work with. And just, you know, as we do, we gush about teaching and these experiences and never do I get the goosebumps or the, the geeking out like I do when a student gets it or when, yeah. when it, it's not even a performance, it's like in a lesson and they finally something clicks like, yes! And my students think I'm nuts, but it's like, if, if I had to choose oh, yeah. never performing again or never teaching again, then I would be off the stage for the rest of my life. It's, I 100% with you. 100% with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's literally, I, and my kids think I'm crazy. I scream and yell and jump up and down a lot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it is, yeah. It's that moment things click. It's, it inspires me. This is a hard business. Yeah. It's a really hard business. And they remind me every day of the magic that it is. And sometimes as a performer, even myself, that, that gets lost. Mm -hmm. It does become, and I, not to be, I am abundantly grateful for the opportunities, but with every opportunity was like 950,000 jobs that I didn't get and that I didn't get to do. And the hours on end that you waited for the phone to ring and it never did. Um, and, and that beats you down and trying to be things and every, anyone that goes into this industry also finds out that it, you know, there's just, there's so much into it. And, and the passion and the love that kids bring to the table, it's electrifying. And it reminds me of why I did it. Mm -hmm. And, and, oh, oh, I know, I, I know. It's, it's the best. It is the best. It's even now, and I'm sure you're experiencing this too, because I know you, you guys with your company are probably getting into the summer and what do we do and how do we do this virtually? I, I started, I've got a couple new students that I've been working with privately. It's the same thing. It mm -hmm. still happens. I mean, it, I think that that's the beauty of what we do is that 
you know, when you hear adults in their 40s and 50s say, oh, you know what, I loved acting. Oh, I wish I could still do it. It's like, you can. You absolutely can. This is not ballet. This is not NBA basketball. You could still do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, take it from my husband who decided that he wanted to act well after he graduated from college. He has a degree in political economics. Like, it's like, he has, he, this was decided for him even later on. Um, it is, it is something that anyone can get into at any age. It, all it requires is incredible imagination and passion. Yeah. And, um, there is nothing better in the world than getting to do that with my life. I get to play and I get to play with other people. Like, what is this? Um, and, and something to be said about that now, you know, at first we all closed down and we're all frantically trying to figure it out. And again, I was reminded of something so important because at first it was like, okay, well, we'll just get back to classes whenever, whenever we can, we can take a break. Yeah. Um, and the company that uh, I am with right now, that was kind of our decision. Well, we'll just wait it out a while. And we didn't flip like a, a, some, of, some of the theater companies did. Yeah. Um, we're just going to wait it out. And the messages that I started getting from parents and students where they went, it's not about the acting. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I miss. And I miss the costumes and the lights and the stage and the sets and the props. Because I kept going, I can't, I can't bring that experience to you like this. Right. So then maybe we should just wait. And then I, I again, students teach you the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Was reminded that that's not the only reason they were there. Right. And for so many kids, this is, this is their home. Yeah. This is where they, they feel different at school. Um, they, different kids have different things. And, but for them, this is home. This is their safe place. This is where they not only get to be a hundred other characters, I'm going to cry, but as a student told me the other day, it's where I get to be me. Yeah. It's where I get to actually be myself. I've heard so many students say that. Um, to be able to have to do so many things that are out of your comfort zone. And it's okay if you fail and it's okay. You're celebrated when you fail. Yeah. Because you, you've learned something so much more important. You know, and I, I believe too that as we get older in this industry, we get, we get jaded. You know, we, uh-huh. we remember the, I didn't get this. Why am I doing this? What's the point? so sick and tired of not getting cast and so sick and, and now we age and the roles get less and less available thank you maybe maybe during this time the writers can figure out that there's great roles in there for 30 40 50 year old right get on <laughs> right but you know it just there's there's struggle at every piece of it but i think when it's when they're young they don't know that yet no. And, and you know what? Most of them aren't going to go off to do this for a living. Right. But that's not what it's about. It's not. And it prepares them. And I always tell all of my students this, this will prepare you for everything. This will prepare you for interviews. This will prepare you for, if you, if you work in the cable industry, is that an industry? I don't know. Cable, do people, 
Ben, shut up. No. <laughs> I think there is no cable industry. Sorry. See, Mandy, this is this is why Ben produces. Not only is he technical, <laughs> but he's able to call me out when I say stupid things. I think that I'm not able to. I feel obliged. That's all. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's really hard to glare at somebody over Zoom, but I want you to know that that's what I'm doing. Oh, I'm feeling it, for sure. You feel it. <laughs> Is she over here? <laughs> anyway, so no, it, I'm, I'm, I love that you've taken the, the journey that you have. Like, not only do you bring to it your experience, but it continues. I mean, and I, I'm sure that you're like me. It's like, we still have to learn. And the things I am learning, and I don't know, I'm sure you, you find this too, and you can speak to it too. I've become a better actress having taught, having been in that situation. Because again, they remind me of so much. Mm -hmm. And you do. We get jaded. We get, they remind me to go play. And I find that the work that I do now is feel so much more fulfilled and so much more inspired and so when you're telling kids to be truthful all day every day it's a good reminder for yourself to be honest in your own work and I've learned so much they've taught me so much it's amazing I always love too how when you when you do go into production I don't know if you feel like this but it's you know when I make my students go and dig sentence by sentence in the script um i better be doing that for myself as well yep it's like a weird accountability that comes out of it like it is yeah because they're they're watching and it's they did i think that people forget that as an actor you can't just go and do the thing you've always done it's, it's going to change. It's going to grow. And there's, there's going to come a day where there isn't a role available and you have to shift something about yourself to find mm -hmm. pieces. So what was your, um, what was your favorite onstage experience? I know that's hard, but. Uh, well, I mean, it's hard it's hard not to talk about Les Mis just because that had been the dream. Yeah. That had been the dream. So it's kind of well, it's hard to top. That's really hard to top. I've had so, I've got, I've been able to work with so many incredible actors all over the country. It's, gosh, that's so hard. This is going to sound really weird. I don't think I ever learned so much about myself or what it meant to be a woman on a stage as a production that I did in high school. Okay. And I played Antigone in Antigone. And I learned a lot about it's, they don't write a whole heck of a lot for young women. Mm -hmm. And it's weird to be a young woman. And if you have power as a young woman, you're usually called not very nice things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that experience taught me a lot about what strength meant as a woman. And I carried that with me the rest of my life and, and any other role I ever played. 
-hmm. that it was, it was okay to be strong. It was okay to have opinions. It was okay to be right. Yeah. So that was pretty impactful. Yeah. Now you're inspiring me to go back and read it because it's been, I think it was one of those that we had to read at some point. And so it was like, okay. Yeah. If you haven't, read Jean Anouy's version. It's beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. What is your, what's your favorite script, whether you've done it or not? Or who's your favorite playwright? Um, Neil Simon. Nice. I'm a huge Neil Simon fan. Yeah. I think he's genius. And what I love is the humor and the sadness that comes out of reality. He yeah. writes from what is just real. Mm -hmm. um, so big fan, big wow. fan, yeah. <laughs> is there, I mean, because you've, you've done, have you done film? You've done film, yeah? I have, okay. yes. Um, I've done a couple, I've done a couple films. Um, I've, I, I was uh, several voices on Sesame Street. <laughs> Got to do some awesome voiceover work for them. Um, and they're all so different. Yeah. Every, every genre is so complete. You think as an actor, oh, well, it's just acting, and you're just acting in one medium or another. They're so immensely different. Yeah. Um, theater will always be my heart. I understand that completely, yeah. What because there's no, there's no cut and then go back and do it again. But this time we're gonna get the left side of your face. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to stay in those moments as an actor. Yeah. To be on a stage and to know that the, the train left the station and this is it, there's no stopping, there's no going back. Um, and to get lost in those moments and then at the end of something to be reminded there's an audience on the other side, oh, there's no experience like yeah. it. I always remember, and it was probably because Ben and I have done some some local stuff together, but I hadn't done work in front of the camera. And I, I've realized over time that I think there's a benefit to doing stage acting first. Mm -hmm. You know how to prepare for it. You might be a little too big in some moments. Ben has told me to, you know, tone it down a little more than a few times, but <laughs> me. I do things like learn to sit on my hands because I'm like... Yes. Yeah. I, I, I Let me that. tell you a story. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, there's, there's something to be said. I think the first time I got to do a voiceover, we did it in one take and it was kind of like, oh, we should probably do it again. And I didn't, I didn't understand that. Like, oh, I just, cause you come in, you get one chance. That's sort of, right. you, you screw it up or you do okay with it. And so it's, it's almost like a weird, oh, this is cool, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I get to do it again? Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting to see the, the young people and their, their affinity now. I'm sure you see it with your kids. The dream has gone from, I want to go to be in a movie or I want to do film. Now it's, I want to be a YouTube star. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't even know how to address that. <laughs> No, it's this whole new thing. It's a bigger audience. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's an immediate audience. And that's something that I'm definitely seeing, I'm sure you are with your own kids. It's, 
it's this new thing. It's, it's everything happens immediately. It happens now. And I think that's what this YouTube generation is, is getting is they want the audience, but what comes with that same people's responses, everything happens right now. Yeah. Like you, you can't, you don't even have to wait until the scene's over and then they'll applaud like it's now. (laughs) Yeah. And for such a huge audience. And I think there's a lot of merit to some of the things that are happening. Um, it's been a really interesting dialogue, even now in terms of, oh, what are we learning by teaching now online? What are the merits to that? Oh, well, you know, we should never have to take a snow day again because I can just teach my class online now. Right. Um, and, oh, do we even need to be paying rent? Can we just all learn like this now? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, um, my kids watch like it, it boggles my mind, but they'll watch other people play video games and give the commentary on the video games. Seriously. But I. What? What is this? My I child know, does this. I know. I mine and they will watch it for hours. And mm-hmm. but I I was telling my husband actually today about that. I said what's fascinating to me is not that they're doing it. I want to know who's sitting there editing this stuff because that is incredible. That's the skill. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's so much within there and how fast paced it is to keep the kids' attention and to make it interesting because you're playing a friggin' video game. Sorry, Ben. I know you like video games. I don't, but it's, it's fascinating. But that is, but think we were, my husband and I were talking about this the other day. Just think back on old films versus new films, the frames per second that are happening. And now I don't know if you have any luck. I tried getting Flynn to sit down and we were like, we were like, oh, we're going to go back to the beginning and watch the original Star Wars. Not the new ones that you're watching in the movie theater. We're going to go watch the original. Done. It's too slow. Yep. We, we have been. I don't want to say force feeding, but I'm going to go ahead and say force feeding films to our kids. <laughs> we thought they were. Yep. Um, my daughter obviously is a little bit older to understand some of them, but they got really bored. I think we were watching Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and the opening is a good four or five minutes long of credits. And then my son was done by that point. He's like, no. And all of the exposition that's in there, they don't want that. It's no. action from the get go. Like, I don't want to get to know these characters. I just want things to happen. That's what it is. It's result-oriented. What is happening in the moment right now? And then it moves so fast. I've tried watching my child play some of these games. I, like, get motion sickness watching him play. Yeah. It is, all moves so fast. Is it, How old is your kiddo? Eight. Yes, and mine's nine, so I completely understand. Does he give commentary now as he's playing? Yes. And that's like the new thing is he'll, I, everyone in the house, I, that was our trade-off actually tonight. I was like, you know how you're always telling me I have to be quiet because you're recording something? My turn. <laughs> Bam! Yes. So we're going to switch that around tonight. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm actually recording in my office tonight. So if people have listened to the podcast before, they're probably like, oh, Krista has a weird new fake plant in her background. What's going on? <laughs> I came to the office to record because it's like bedtime is the time that everybody finds their elephant feet in yeah. the house and yeah. the need to chase each other. So I'm leaving. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So what and is then I've got two older ones too, Zeb and Zoe, Rob's kids. Um, though I never call them Rob's kids because yeah. I've been raising them since they were two and three. Um, so, and therefore 15 and six, no, oh my gosh. One's about to turn 16. The other one just turned 17. Oh. What? Oh my gosh. And what does it look like for them as high schoolers? I mean, is this... This is a wild time and wilder mostly um, for our junior because they're completely changing what college, college admissions are going to look like for this class. And um, Zeb was blessed with this brain that I could only dream of having a quarter of what is in that kid's head. Um, and he was involved, he was really actively involved in a lot of things when he was younger, not so much as he got older because he really got into science and studies and that's what he wanted to do. And we're like, well, we're not going to make you run track if you'd rather be in a science lab. So, okay. <laughs> like everyone has their dream. So that's where he's put all of his focus. Um, the SATs were a really big deal. He got almost a perfect score. Like I'm telling you, this kid clearly not of my flesh and blood because I do not have that. <laughs> but um, now, now it's like it's coming back to shoot us in the foot because now you've got schools coming forward going, oh, we're not going to take the SATs because not everyone got to take it. Oh, um, we're not going to worry about your transcripts and your grades because everything was up in the air and you guys had your semester online. So we're, those aren't going to mean as much. What's really going to mean a lot is all those things that you've been doing. And I sit here and go, oh, yeah. What about the what about the kids that did smarts? Yeah, <laughs> that's what they did. Yeah, that's that's what my kids have been doing now for the last three years. You can't take that away from him. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, that's I didn't even think about that with the colleges and you know it's I, crazy. It's crazy. And you can't go visit any of them. They're all closed. So you can do your virtual tours. It's just a crazy, my heart breaks for these kids. It just breaks. It's not how it was supposed to look like. Right. And it's just the transitions and the, the knowledge. My life is going to change at this date when I become essentially an adult, you know, going off to college is sort of like, Here's your big kid card. Have fun with it. Yeah. Good luck. But right. that's not there. You know, I know. Some of my former students that are in their freshman, sophomore, junior years of college, it's like, this isn't what this is supposed to feel like. <laughs> I know. I know. And I'm in constant contact with some of mine where college is already its own transition. And even some of my the kids that were into their freshman year this year, they were finally starting to hit their stride going, okay, okay, I can do this. And then boom, gone. It's so scary, you know, and especially for these, for these actors, I'm sure you're hearing from college kids that are a little bit unsure at this point. Like, what do we, what do we do? This was their training time. This yeah. was, this was the, this was the big time. And that was, you know, when, when you get to a place where you say, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, I'm going to make this decision. 
And then everything within that decision has to be shut down because it's theater. It's live theater and we can't do yep. it. It's going to be one of the last things to come back. I know. I know. And that's, that's what's killing me right now. I don't know when it's going to be okay to put all those people back in the same room. Right. I think we're going to be last. Yeah. I mean, it's great. You know, it's good to hear that, that your husband ideally will get back to work sometime soon. Hoping. Sooner, you know, cause they can adjust things on a camera a lot easier than they can on a stage set. They can, but it's also crazy. It's like, you know, he's recurring. So that's how they hold a lot of their cast members on that show in particular. Um, as opposed to keeping them on contract, they'll keep yeah. them on what's called a recurring status. And, you know, they're, it, it's going across the board that they're talking a lot with a lot of shows right now that they're going to be cutting the cast sizes down pretty small. Goodbye to those huge group scenes. And then you wonder if shows like this are going to still exist. Are they going to take a hit? These lawn orders, these, these huge shows that involve all the people that were supposed to be out in the city streets. Yeah. And yeah. how are we going to do all that? It's so, so I, I don't know what it's going to look like yet. Yeah. And I think what we're doing right now is incredible. And I think that we need to stay online. We need to keep classrooms going for our kids. We need to keep places for them to learn and, and really be together. Yeah. But um, it's not the same. And I don't know when we're going to get back. It's not. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's sort of like, because I, I think that you and I probably are going to have more business conversations on the side of this. Like, let's chat about how you guys are doing this. And yeah. That, that's the beautiful thing is that, like you, we joked at the beginning, why does it take a global pandemic to, to get everybody? But now we have the opportunity and we have the means yeah. to do so. And it's, you know, especially, I, I'm sure it's this way at many colleges, but there's something about the Otterbein alumni that it truly is like family. Um, it is to just to reach out and I talked to a, another alumni today, Todd Crane. Yes. I love never Todd. Met, never. We have never met because he was older than me, but because mm -hmm. of water by an alumni, we've connected. And I said, Hey, this is, you know, just the beginning of stuff, but I think kids are going to need a little introduction to self taping. Would you be willing to chat about doing an online course with them? It's like, of course I would. But again, it's like, this is, this is what I love so much about the Otterbein Theater alumni is that everybody is just willing. Yeah. Even before this. It's just more available now, I think, because everybody's not working. But right. it's, that's no, what it's I incredible. Yeah. And, the, you know, people are willing to jump on. Again, I don't know when I would have seen, I know we're not seeing each other. You're not, you're not near my fur. <laughs> Krista and the farm. <laughs> ben told me I had to talk to it midway through, but I already did that and I'm done. So <laughs> I love it though. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was so good to see you. Thank you for hanging out a little bit with us tonight. And oh my gosh. I know. I, I, I just love being able to reconnect. And so we'll like, we'll, we'll let people stop having to listen to us, but like this has to continue. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'll be reaching out to you within like the next couple of days because yeah. <laughs> we're starting to our summer and I want to pick your brain anyway, but I just so good to see you. Uh, you too. And thank you. Thank you for reconnecting. Absolutely. I love it. I love that we have this time to, to do that. 
that's the, the podcast has been a real blessing over this time because I can, I, I'm getting to talk to people. I haven't a couple whom I've never met before and probably would never meet again. So yeah. it's a wonderful, freaky, weird time with ferns with ferns what a wonderful thing though so wonderful and that's what i'm saying there's as again not to take this situation lightly at all um because it's there's a lot of negative but um there's some little golden nuggets in there too there's some there's some wonderful things that can and and are happening as a result of all of it too and i hope that we remember all of that when we are thrown back into our lives because we will be eventually <laughs> Yeah, it may be a couple of years down the line, and it'll look night and day from what it does now. But I hope we don't forget some of these things. Yeah. I love you, girl. Thank you so I much. Love you. Ben, so you, did you. Do you want to? Do you want to? Uh, do you want to close us today, Ben? Nah, nah, I'm good. Seriously? Um, no, no, I'll do it. Fine. Yes. Uh, hi. Uh, if you like what you hear, please remember, uh, sharing is caring. Uh, if you like what you hear, please also head on over to our Facebook page. That's where we kind of do our interaction with our audience. Uh, Chris is doing plain things. You can't see that because she's not speaking while she's doing it. Chris, could you do? Speak? Isn't that like universal plain language? It is, yeah, but it's the way that the camera system's working is it's it's it focuses on whoever's talking, and that happens to be me, right? La, 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 la. <sighs> Always looking for the spotlight. Anyway, um, but uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, it you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, you can also listen to this audio only uh, as a podcast. Uh, we're still doing that. Those come out on Tuesdays. The YouTube show comes out on Fridays. Uh, and you can find all this stuff all over Facebook. And just if you do a Google search, you'll find us. So, but uh, we really appreciate it. And mostly thank you for tuning in and, and for listening. And, and we hope you're doing well. And that, like we said, challenging times and weird times. But, uh, you know, someday there'll be light at the end of the tunnel. We don't know when that's going to be, but we're here until the interim. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mandy. Love you. Thank you, honey. Love you. <laughs> All right. Watch out for the bath salt zombies, everybody. See ya. Boxland Media. Think big.